Blog Talk Radio. Wide Men Can't Jump is back on the air. It is episode 20, part two, because I can't count as episode 19 was last week, but I called it episode 20. So now we're at episode 20, part two, and we'll be back on normal counting schedule. I was raised in common core status here in the United States. I am your host, Nate Bush. Joining me tonight, absent, uh, well, conspicuous by his absence, as Mr. Tom Robinson is out on assignment as the Sixers are at home against the Grizzlies. Um, but joining me tonight is my Canadian brother from another mother, eh? He knows what it's all about when it comes to this show. It is my man, Tim Dombrova. Good day, eh? <laughs> well, that opening tune was the Meet Me in the Matinee, if you've ever heard of those guys. Meet Me in the Matinee, HodgePodge, the newest single from the self-titled EP, which is due out in 10 days and will be available on all platforms and physical copies, downloads where available. The drummer of that band is actually the man talking to you right now, me. So, yeah, here we if are. you have not met a manatee in a matinee before, you should make plans. It's worth every minute. Excellent. Excellent EP, gentlemen. Excellent job. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. That is our single hodgepodge. It's the third single off that record. There's, uh, we're taking pre-orders now and uh, new t-shirts, new bunch of new stuff going on over at our Bandcamp page, so check that out. We'll be having us a nice little merchandise page, uh, Tim, coming up soon. We've got oh, some of the it. new Wide Men Can't Jump keychain bottle openers that we have. You need one of those. Just, definitely. If you ever I need think everybody, a, needs, everybody needs a bottle fact. opener. At least two. Yeah, everybody need needs one. a bottle opener. Right. At least two. At least two. We got the stickers. I think two. More. They, that, that, that episode, the numbering, um, I think that was in honor of Canada, wasn't it? Cause yes. That's, that was okay. some metric there, wasn't it? Yeah, definite metrics. Twenty part two. Metric. That's metric system. There we go. To those in the United so. States. That but back to the merch. <laughs> yes, back to the merchandise indeed. Stickers are available, bottle cap openers. 
We hope to have some t-shirts coming in the near future. We've just got a whole bunch of stuff going on here at Wide Men Central. And speaking of stuff going on, Tim, how about our sponsors over at WowFreeCam.com? I know you've you know spent I mean, many a lonely I, night I, over I there, haven't you? I can't tell a lie. You know, in this day and age, I think it's important that we recognize the fact of, uh, you know, guy can get himself into a lot of trouble out there, and what could be better and safer than staying at home? Hey, if you're at home, you can't get in trouble, and if you want to enjoy the company of a significant other without having that annoying nagging, you know, hey, why don't you go fix me a plate, or hey, get me another beer. No, you don't have to do that. Get on wowfreecam.com. They will hook you up with everything. You get all the fun stuff and none of the blah, 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 blah that goes along you're, with spending the evening with a lovely the man in charge with gentleman. a clicker. Exactly. You get fed up, you just X out, and uh, you know the deal, Tim. You know how they operate a well free cam. What, what's that sound? Oh. What? I trust that what's process, that let me tell you. Yes. But uh, the good folks at Wild Free Cam never let us down. And uh, Jumpin' Jeff Farmer, would you visit Wild Free Cam ever again? Yep. Well, there you go. That's all I need to hear. Uh, Pretty straightforward <laughs> and to the point. What uh, can't really be misconstrued for anything but a positive. There you go. It's definitely a positive. So check them out, wildfreecam.com. They're our sponsor. And, Tim, uh, you know, I know you're not I the biggest that. NBA fan. I, b- I blew ahead. that, Nate. I blew that because I should have said, wow, dot can What's that on a boot? What's, a, <laughs> what's it all that. a boot? What's indeed. that all a boot, dude? <laughs> check them out. Moving on. Check them out, wowfreecam.com. They're our sponsor. Good guys. There. Love them. Good people over there. Always good to us and good to you. So, Tim, it's the flagship show. The first time you've ever co-hosted. We got TR out on uh, assignment. I feel pretty special in the trying to keep trying to fill up this gigantic Tom Robinson chair. Oh, good luck. Good luck with that, sir. That is not easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I can pull out some crazy story from my past to share with everyone, but you never know. <laughs> we may get there, so let's see where we go. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some fun here tonight. We're going to miss TR tonight, but he will. He's still with us, of course. Again, out on assignment covering the Sixers game, and he is having a blast from what I can see on his Twitter. Um, I hate he couldn't be here tonight, but hey, if you're at the game, it's always good that he can let us know he's out checking out everything. And uh, don't forget, he may call in later, and don't forget the big marquee matchup coming up this weekend as the T-Wolves take on the 76ers once again, the rematch. From the Beard Challenge. Were any, uh, were any stakes involved in this uh, rematch? We we uh, we haven't really talked about any stakes yet. Uh, if he called Not really, in. because the whole, well, there was some talk about, uh, well, I really don't like to bring up the subject, also being a wide man who doesn't jump very well. Um, there was just some talk about weight loss, but I think that went out the window. Well, it, it was going on for a while, but we couldn't really get everything together. And then I got really, really hungry, so <laughs> that kind of went out the door as well. Well, you got some, you got some news that would have destroyed that anyway, right? 
Well, yeah. That probably would have pushed me over the edge. You're legally obligated now to eat with your lady. So. Yes, sympathy weight, as yeah. I'm calling it. Yes. Um, I do plan on going back and losing a few pounds after I get back from vacation uh, within the next few uh, – the next within the next couple months. Me and Autumn are going on a, a nice little vacation. Uh, when I get back, then I'll go hardcore, time to lose weight and get healthy. Kick. But uh, anyway – Something as simple as perhaps a, I don't know, Instagram photo or something like that of uh, uh, any other team's colors or something along those lines. I'll tell you this. If Minnesota loses to Philly during this game, I will, live on air, and I mean this, where we don't have video anymore, I'll take video and post it on Twitter, and I'll do it live via the show right now at the same time. Have you seen the, the hottest chips things, the hottest chip challenges? You seen those? It's the one chip that's made of it's ridiculously hot. Yes, I, I actually I have. Okay, well, if if uh, TR's Sixers win again against my Wolves, I will eat one of those live on the air. Oh, God. Are you insane? I will sir? do it. I'll do it. That's how confident I am little, that we can win this I was game. thinking of something a little less painful, like, uh, I don't know, Tom. if Tom loses, he's forced to drink, you know, a glass of milk, you know, because his <laughs> system would probably revolt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, for we'll you, maybe. Come up maybe, with something uh, for TR. We'll, uh, he I don't may, know, he I may mean, we get you later. To, I don't know, Nate Bush eats a salad live on on video. I don't know. I like salad, thank you very much. Yeah, but like <laughs> it, okay, that how about not. how about some type of raw ve- a vegetable you despise? You get to oh eat God. a plate of fried uh, beef or something. I'd rather eat the chips. Yeah, or, or your four- ah, there we go. How many of the great all dressed chips are still left? Actually, there's a couple bags left. We've uh, we've been right. rationing. How about this? Uh, Tom Robinson gives up. We'll have to think of something that well besides beer that Tom would not want to give up. Uh, and you have to give one of your uh, – you have to watch while you're, while Josh, background, Brown, and uh, Autumn eat one of your bags of chips in front of you. Don't do not do not do that. Oh, you don't trust <laughs> your Timber Wolves enough for that, for that do you? Uh, the hot, I'll, I'll we, keep it at the hot chip. I'll keep it at the hot chip for that. <laughs> but speaking oh, of the we Timber even, It could – it could even be as simple as like a public declaration of love for the other team. You know, I've been we'll, I've been a, we'll a bit figure, in the closet. We'll talk off air. We'll talk off air about yeah, it. We'll see what. Something. You know, we can always do a punishment later on. Uh, speaking of the Wolves, the Timberwolves won their game against the Clippers last night. They struggled and lost back to back against the Spurs and the Rockets and slipped to the eighth seed in the playoffs. They are now at the seventh seed. They are forty-one and thirty-one. They are a half a game up on the Utah Jazz. They are a half a game behind the Pelicans and Spurs for the fifth spot and a full game and a half back of the Thunder. So we're going to talk about the Wolves' last ten games of the season um, soon. We will be joined here any moment by the Director of Operations from Marshall University Basketball, Mr. Neil Skaggs. Um, I'll have everyone know that Neil is an old friend of mine. 
Uh, he's joining us to talk about Marshall's run through the tournament and everything of that nature. He's joining us here momentarily. Looking forward to talking with him. Um, so, Tim? Uh, yeah, I got, we've, got, we've got some questions for him about, I'm not sure if he can or is uh, privy to uh, actually answer them, perhaps, but because there's a there's a lot of squawk about the the tournament this year and seedings and yeah. uh, uh, perhaps the, um, uh, the the committees uh, I don't know how to put it their their lack of giving any uh, credence to smaller programs and smaller uh, conferences et cetera and boy they <laughs> well they sort of paid for it bracket wise anyway because it's really been a a schmoz as far as uh, the seedings go, but you know, maybe maybe he can all got some insight into that that some of us don't see just being fans. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, letting him know right now uh, that we are ready for him whenever he wants to call. But yeah, he's he's going to join us here any minute, and we're looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it should be a fun show tonight, Tim. Definitely. Well, uh, Hey, you know, that was a West tough Virginia. game. That was a tough game to watch for for any person from the West Virginia area. How much do you How much do you think Mr. Skaggs would have given to turn that score around? <laughs> Listen, he's been a Marshall fan his whole life. I know that for a fact. But I say, like, I'm I'm going to assume that. I mean, obviously, he has to pull for the school he works for. But one would think you know, how bad he would have liked to have seen a victory there. Well, like I said, um, you know, he's That's another thing he may not really be able to tell us. He may not be able to go to the... Well, I'm, we're going to see how far In your face, go. West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, he's telling me he's getting ready to call right now, so we should have him on any minute. Yeah, he's a true he's a true Marshall man. He graduated from there. He's a, he's a, a great friend of mine. And, uh, by the way, Tim, I did That's inform it. the... I did inform the Chapmanville Tigers coach that you were a fan, and he said, oh, definitely thank him. Where's my swag, Chapmanville? Yeah. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined now by the director of operations of Marshall University Basketball, Mr. Neil Skaggs. Neil, how are you doing, man? Good, fellas. Thanks for having me on. No problem, buddy. Thanks for coming on with us. Glad to get in touch with you again. It's been a, been a while, all but yeah, I'm glad no that we can uh, connect here on our show. Our show. So uh, you told me ahead of time um, you wanted to take this and run from three re- three weeks ago at UNAB in Middle Tennessee. So go ahead. How? how what? What was going? Yeah. On? So. Um... So that pretty much, you know, I guess that's where to start. Um, went down to Middle Tennessee the last February 28th, or uh, UAB first, sorry, and, um, you know, got hammered down there pretty good. So then we limped, uh, limped over to Middle Tennessee, and uh, kind of everybody knows them. And they got all fired up for Western Kentucky sellout crowd on Thursday night and beat them. So they were kind of maybe sleepwalking, I don't know, Uh on that Saturday night, senior night for Giddy Potts and those guys who pretty much legends down there. And, uh, you know, we played pretty good and upset Middle Tennessee and a nice road win at that. And, 
the meet and rank team on the road is always good. And that was the first time we had done it in, you know, I think like 12, 14 years, something like that. So, so um, then we come home for, that was Saturday night, come home for a few days. And then we had to Frisco and uh, coming off a big win like that, definitely. We had a little momentum and got a good draw, played, uh, Texas San Antonio and their freshman of the year averaged about 20 points a game. It was uh, Torres ACL in the last week, so he was out. And uh, beat them fairly easy, played good. And then, of course, uh, Southern Miss on our side of the bracket upset Middle Tennessee. And so that uh, that helped us out tremendously. Southern Miss, good team with really good guards. But, um, you know, just kind of overpowered them inside Elmore. John Elmore is being John Elmore and took them down and then it led to Western Kentucky in the championship and you know, tough to beat somebody three times as you know and uh, you know got got hot in the second half Elmore went off and um, I Dean Penn of them hung on and so first time in since 1987 in the tournament and one of the big dance and definitely is we've all grown accustomed to and that's why we were four or five years old but something I've dreamed about as a kid since then and you know that was great to do with uh with an alma mater and you guys know how much I love what that meant to me and what Marshall means to me so and um and going to San Diego that was what a crazy two to three nights that was uh, for me trying to get everything turned around in the short time charter companies and bus companies and normally traveling with about 30 kids 30 staff and now we're traveling with a group of 100 pretty much like a mini football team so that was different but um, had a lot of good help support from the administration here and uh you know i was able to do something no team at marshall's done and beat wichita state win a game in the tournament and you know, advanced to double VU and, you know, just uh, they're a good team, a lot more physical than us, and kind of just ran into five wins, and uh, that was a great accomplishment with uh, our university and team, and everybody coming back next year, we hope, plus the addition of two big 6'10 guys, about 300 pounds, Levi Cook and Iron Bennett from Hargrave, and you know, if you listen to remember those names for next year, they're going to be studs. And, uh, you know, next year we're looking at a heck of a team. You know, everybody coming back. So, we'll see. So Well, that's true. That's pretty much that's the true. three weeks there that I have for you. Well, that's that's uh, you know that's really great that you guys were able to do that for the state. And um, I was pulling for you. Not going to lie about it. I really wanted to see you guys – uh, do well in the tournament, and I thought it was. Um, I was a little upset that you guys got seated. Um, did you guys think you didn't get enough love with the seating you got at a thirteen, and you go in, you beat Wichita State? I think that seating was a little low. Um, I mean, you know, if you traditionally look at our conference, Middle Tennessee, other than the exception of last year, they were a thirteen or fourteen. No, they were a fifteen even when they beat Michigan State. UAB was a 13 there a couple of years ago. They beat Iowa State. So, other than last year because of Middle's name, I think that's pretty much what this conference is looking at every year. Uh, maybe, you know, nine best case. But, 
you know, I think next year that's what that's what our goal. You know, we there's no reason we can't get to that eight nine seed, and you know, so. But yeah, Tim, you got any questions for Neil? Uh, I sure do, uh, Neil. Um, I was kind of wondering now. Okay, with the success, um, a what does that do for your job? I mean, obviously, uh, does it actually does it make it harder? Are you going to get more uh, uh, interest? I guess you could say. Uh, how does it affect your uh, uh, scheduling, maybe, for who you want to play or who may want to play you now? Any any big changes there, or is it kind of business as usual? Um, so, first question, yeah, I mean, that, that anytime you make the tournament, of course, your name, you see all the jobs that smaller co- smaller schools coaches get for winning games. So, definitely, is, you know, for branding exposure, sure, that'll that'll help get my name out there. But more along, it's more along the lines of the people I met from the NCAA and stuff and all the meetings we had. So that was definitely great to branch out uh, to meet some new people as high high ranking as they are. And then, two for scheduling, um, we have a few uh, high major teams for playing next year. I can't really, um, through contract purposes, mention who that is. But definitely teams, there will be uh, – some power five teams that we feel like that we should beat and so we are still looking for one more game and that'll be another that'll be ideally a power five team but uh, that'll be on the road that it's all a matter if we can get somebody to play us now we've had quite a few teams turn us down now making a tournament on top of that with the aforementioned guys coming back it's going to be tough to to get somebody that'll play us yeah, it's tough to so try to get. What does uh, it do? P- sorry, Dave. go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What, what does it do? What does it do for the school? Uh, is there an immediate uh, financial reward? Uh, does it make it easier now to scholarship-wise, perhaps? Or I'm well, just trying to see question. the benefits because um, I mean, your, yeah, the school sure. hasn't well, been what 31 well, years. 30, so. 31 years. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I didn't – I've recorded them but haven't gotten to watch the game on TV. But, number one, just the brand exposure that, you know, Marshall's commercials are playing on True TV, you know, True TV, TBS, TNT. And, um, you know, so that's right off the bat already that, you know, that goes to admissions. And that and I'm sure the number of, you know, times Marshall is brought up, of course. And then um, – um, so then the, the, the money goes to every round you get, the money doubles pretty much. So then that'll be split, that figure split among the conference uh, basketball teams. So, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Which is a healthy, healthy number. I mean, it's nothing to, you know, you can't complain. And that lasts for five years. So you go back four years now in a row, the Conference USA team has won in the first round in advance. So, um, you know, you're adding four years to on top of what we just did for another five years. So that, you know, that adds up. And so just another, you know, another bonus of making it, no doubt. Okay. I got, I got one more question, then, Nate, you can get back to Nate. Uh, for yourself, now that you've probably reached a goal, I won't say that you didn't think you could, but maybe not quite so soon. Uh, what are you going to, what do you do now to, to top this year? Or can you? Yeah, is it realistic so to think uh, that you can? Or Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I was kind of thinking that earlier driving down the road of what my goal, you know, that certainly was my goal 
and now to I think our goal should be to next year to advance to the Sweet 16. I mean, you know, nothing outlandish, but they're not our goal, you know, my goal, but absolutely no reason why, uh, you know, like we said, everybody coming back, hopefully, knock on wood. And with the additions we have, uh, expectations will be high and there'll be more pressure, of course, but, you know, at what bigger stage than play in, uh, in the NCAA tournament? And so that's some experience there. So next year we'll be right back at it and hopefully playing into the second weekend. Well, Neil, I think you guys have a really good shot of getting there. You've got a coach who I think is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. And this tournament to me was really his, um, the, I guess you could call the reawakening of people realizing, hey, Dan D'Antoni knows his business and knows how to get it done with a basketball team. And uh, what's it like working with Dan day in and day out? Yeah, well, so the first part of that, I mean, Dan is – one of the, I would say, he's one of the most popular, popular guys being searched on Twitter last weekend, no doubt. And just the D'Antoni brand in itself with what Mike's doing right now. And you know, I would love to, as we said, I'm trying to get Dan on your show. He, uh, you know, this has been a, what a crazy week for him. I'm sure you guys saw on Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center talking. So he's been, he's been blown up left and right. People calling him that he, you know, has no idea where they're coming from and. You know, just loves to talk the game. He'll oh, talk yeah. the game to anybody. And, um, you know, Dan's a great – I couldn't say enough nice things about Dan. He's been great to me. And, you know, great to work for. A lot of guys – a lot of guys stress the game way too hard, play with the game way too hard. And Dan really simplifies that. And, um, for instance, a lot of teams – you hear about shoot-arounds these days. Well, about middle of the season, we, we quit shooting around on the road even – so, uh, you know, just show up, that kind of show up and play mentality. And like we said, one at middle, you know, one, won some big road games at UTEP, never won there before. And uh, so, like I said, a lot of people play with the game too much. And that's Dan's so great about simplifying it. And, um, you know, I think our offense is tough watching it, but, you know, ball screen here, screen there, guys in certain places. And, Dan teaches the game well for kids to understand where to be at the right time, and that's why he's great. Yeah, and you guys have um, the the Elmore brothers on your team. If we could mention them for a minute. John Elmore really sure. got a lot of attention during the tournament with his uh, shooting. Uh, the, the announcers for the game against Wichita said she was going to get her tape measure out and measure where he shot the ball from and made it late in the game against Wichita. Uh, what a talent yeah. he is. Uh, John, oh, he yeah. really impresses me. He is great on both sides of the ball, and he was just pestering Wichita State. Uh, talk about John and how good of a player he is and how – and can he – of course, you can always improve, but how much better he is going to get if he comes back and plays another year for you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, John is – he's the hardest worker in my time and now nine years at Marshall that we've ever had. I mean, he – funny he texted me but i have a the app on my phone to turn the lights on so guys will hit me up and half the time he's calling me four or five times one two o'clock in the night waking me up trying to get me to turn the lights on and uh john's just a gym rat he lives and breathes and that you know that's evident in his games that as you said everybody saw this week and you know he just works on every aspect of his game he'll a lot of times he'll go in there without a ball and he'll just be running up the stairs and and, um, 
You know, he Ott, his brother's been great to him, and his father Gay. They they work with him, and they all work together. And you know, it was nice there to see Ott even uh, out what he hit the three there Sunday night, and it was great to see them both on the court at the same time during the NCAA tournament. And now I got, so John, I had to laugh. John is uh, yeah. I had to laugh. You mentioned Ott. <laughs> Ott, Tim. I don't know if you saw this being up in Canada. Ott Elmore from Marshall University was trending worldwide on Twitter for a, quote, dad bod. And they were posting his statistics online about uh, he had, I think it was three points, four fouls, and uh, some, or something, and a technical. I think he had a technical as well in like three minutes on the floor against West Virginia. But he was blowing <laughs> up the Internet. How did Ott take dad all bod. that attention? Yeah, that was, that uh, was, I mean, was he, a New York uh, Post article, but had it all handled. Uh, that. You know, he, yeah, he. I mean, he loves that. He was eating that up, and you know, it was great to see him. He <laughs> loves that attention, and uh, I think he caught in a barstool radio there on the bus uh, coming from the airport back on went on uh, Monday. So that was that was great to see that, and I know he was uh, him and all the guys. Even the fact to talk to barstool and everything, those guys love that. So that meant a lot to him. That's great. Tim, do you have anything else for Neil? I know he's a busy man. We gotta let mm. him uh get back no, to work yeah. here. No, I think I, I think I learned what I needed to learn. I just I would like to say though that it was uh, you know, being way up here in Canada and maybe not being quite in tune or as in tune with uh, the smaller schools and that sort of thing. There's nothing better than when a, a team like Marshall wins in the first round and and there's that it's what makes the tournament so wonderful, even for us guys way up here who don't really get a chance to follow it as much as the Americans get to. But, I mean, uh, it, it was wonderful. It was fun to watch. Uh, nothing but uh, best of luck looking forward for you guys. Sure, appreciate that. It's great to see, you know, another pers- perspective, an outsider's perspective, per se, of, uh, you know, just what that means to us and seeing other people experience it. You know, it's, it's why it's the best time of year, no doubt. It really is. And, Neil, thanks for giving us some of your time. I know you got to get back to doing what you're doing. Busy man up there in Huntington. Um, hey, if um, you ever come back down this way or I'm ever up that way, uh, I'll hit you up, man. We need to get together. It's been too long. Yeah, man, absolutely. be good to see you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, just get with me, and uh, anytime you want to come back on, talk martial basketball with us, We, you are more than welcome on here, sir. Yeah, I'd appreciate it. I'd be glad to come on anytime. You guys take care. Thanks. You too, man. Thanks Thank you so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the director of operations for Marshall University basketball team, a Cinderella team who pulled a big upset in the first round. And uh old buddy of mine. Thank, I'm glad he was able to come on tonight, Tim. Well, uh, pretty uh he he's right up there in the running for the uh the, the guest who just makes you want to give him a hug. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. I've uh, yeah, he, he known Neil since I was a kid. Uh, he he might have taken Ian's spot from from, you know, the guy who could convince you to give up <laughs> that allegiance to West Virginia and cheer for Marshall, you know. Oh, I mean, look, I I have nothing but love for the University of Marshall. Um, they have, I've actually been up there many a times. 
I've hung out with Neil Thomas. You know, we used to play ball back in uh, when he was just in what high school, and I was just out of high school, and we'd always get a key um, to a gym somewhere, you know, and we'd go shoot ball. And, you know, it's just part of that. And to see a guy that, that absolutely uh, he I, grew I up with, with Marshall. Go ahead. Totally slipped my mind now is um... – uh, I, I, how does that, uh, you know, like up here anyway, when I hear Marshall, I think football from the, mm-hmm. the movie and that sort of thing, right? I wonder what this how does to do. square them. Yeah, I wonder what that does, though. Like, how does this rate compared to what, you know, does that make him, does that push the status of basketball at Marshall up there with football, at least for the time being? You know, Marshall anyway? basketball. Marshall basketball has always kind of been overlooked. It's always been the the little brother to West Virginia basketball here in this state. Uh, I think that win for them really elevates them. And there's a lot of guys locally uh, down here that are going to go play ball for Marshall um, in the uh, next season. If you weren't looking at going there before, I think you would have to at least consider it now. Well, they – is – Dan D'Antoni is building a program there that is, and here's the thing, Tim. Think about it like this. Dan D'Antoni, if you go play for him at little old Marshall, and, you know, Marshall is a Division One university, but it's nowhere near the size of most of these places. But if you go play for Dan D'Antoni, Dan D'Antoni has connections all over the NBA. He can get – he knows everybody. He's been an assistant coach in several – different organizations and his brother's coaching the hottest team in the league right now. This is true. I'd also say that so, probably the, uh, I, I know for a lot of people, uh, if the sports is, um, uh, I don't want to say secondary, but if the education's important too, maybe you got a better shot at, uh, at both there actually a smaller school. So you're going to get a little more, uh, notice. Uh, from your coach and the, the administration. Uh, I'm going to guess, I, I don't want to pick on the bigger universities, but I'm going to guess probably a better education because they do tend to, you know, the smaller schools do tend to focus on that a little bit more. That's always yeah. a positive if you can walk out of school with a degree in your hand, <laughs> you know, better than the one and out situation. Yeah, Marshall uh, – um... And Marshall's basketball team has just gotten so good. Um, they've actually – John Elmore can shoot the lights out. Um, it's really um, it's really wild to see him do it, uh, the way he can shoot. I even posted the other day the uh, from the Wendy's parking lot. Uh, but they've got a guy named uh, Ajadine Paniva, who is the nation's leading shot blocker. He leads the entire the entire nation, to, um, Tim, in block shots. I'm trying to find his stats right offhand. I know uh, it was stated several times that he does lead the um, lead the nation in blocked shots. Here we go. I think this may be the uh, the stats I'm looking for. Well, that's that's from last year, but he was the leader in front of Sagabaugh Kanate, who is number two, and he plays at West Virginia. So the boys here in the Mountain what, State can block shots. What what name were you said? Uh, uh, Gene Paneva, did you say? Yes. 
Yes, that's, he, that's his, his name. For the year, he was 4.3 blocks a, a game. I found that. Much. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So the, four, the next four, guy on the, four and a half the next guy on the team is point, is point eight. <laughs> four point three blocks again. That's a, that's absurd. So that's just a ridiculous number. And they were blocks. Where were they here? Team ranks. No, it doesn't give it for. You know when you're like I know, now, just looking at this. You know they've they look like probably what let them down is. They didn't. Their defense wasn't as good as it, because they were fifth well, in the nation in scoring. Well, <laughs> I mean, Elmore so they, they really struggled against. Down. Elmore really struggled uh, against West Virginia, and they had a really hard time scoring. They they did really well early on in the game, and they struggled in the sec, in the uh, the latter part of the game. Um, Marshall did, but West Virginia's defense is just like one of the best in the country. I think if Marshall could have ran into a different team in the second round, I really think they would have had a really good shot to get to that sweet it 16. May have, but it may have really could have, helped them too, to, to, to play a, a two fairly good-sized programs. And, and, you know, because in their own division, in their own conference, yeah. let's be honest, okay, there's not really any powerhouses there per se. And that you no, know, that might come. That sort of comes with the terror. I mean, I you know I'm I'm not a basketball guy, per se, but I know in hockey, uh, it usually takes that uh, before, as they say, before you win, you need to learn how to lose. You you have to make well, that kind of like you need to learn step. how to crawl before you walk. Yeah, you need to take that first step where you get a taste, and uh, maybe like say for them, you win a game. And then you get against the team who, who on definitely was better than they were, and and beat them. Didn't didn't thrash them, but but beat them handily. And then you get a notion yeah. of okay, this is what it's going to take. And and I guess maybe even from the program side of things, okay, they could have a look now. At, you know, they can watch that game and break it down and go, okay, we need a fill in the blank if we're going to get to that next level. And now that we know that we can uh, recruit and try to find somebody that can fill yeah. that spot. And, uh, you know, cause if you don't, you know, if you don't play the best, you're, you know, you're probably, unless you get lucky, you probably aren't going to uh, win on any regular well, that's basis. Why, anyway, you that's might. why I think Neil, I think that's why Neil mentioned that they were adding some power five conference schools to their schedule for next year to get, well, that's why I asked him and, and about the scholarships and, if that man, yeah. I, I have to assume that probably winning has actually probably made his job harder. Well, I think <laughs> he, he welcomes a lot harder. more. I think do. he welcomes harder work at this point. I know Neil. He, he's one of I, I, he, he seems like a, a very well-spoken, well-together fella. So, but I'm going to guess he. And they're not now too. They're not going to pull the wool over anybody's eyes next year. Oh no, no! Everybody's going to know what Mark. Now they're on the map. And, so. Yeah, no more but sleeper that, but that for Marshall. that could be good, too, because, you know, it helps to bring it every night, right? Well, they're already bringing in a couple 6'10 guys next year, and I know of one player from Mingo Central named Jeremy Dillon who has already uh, agreed to play basketball for the University of Marshall. He's about 6'5". You, uh, uh, you haven't heard any word, any word about where my Chapmanville hero is headed. <laughs> Mr. Williamson? 
I have not. Yes. I did hear that um, there were about six colleges that called on Monday. Uh, that's all I've heard. I talked him. to the coach. I yeah, imagine there's probably a pretty good chance he, he stays at home probably. Uh, he may go to Marshall. His dad was a standout if, player at Marshall. If somebody, so, if somebody locally is interested, that's what I'd do if I was him. Oh, I, guarantee, I guarantee you he gets some phone calls because he, he put up in the state championship game, I think he had 28 points. Um, Boy can shoot. and He can <laughs> shoot. Um, can how did we get so... into West Virginia basketball here? Boy can shoot. I know Bob Huggins has seen him play. I know um, I know Coach D'Antoni's seen him play. So he is yet to make up his mind. We can only speculate. Um, his dad did play at the University of Marshall. His sister was a softball player at the University of Marshall. So who knows? Who knows, my friend? But congratulations to the Thundering Herd and their success in the NCAA tournament. Now, you're listening for some NBA news. I'm going to dive in here, Tim, and talk a little bit about my Timberwolves. Um, Feel free to do so, sir. Excuse me. Yes, I will. Um, The Wolves have 10 games left on the year. Their next game is against the New York Knicks. Uh, They will be in, in New York. That is a very winnable game. They should be able to win that game. Then they play on the back-to-back against the 76ers. To me, Tim, that's a winnable game. Even though it's on a back-to-back, you don't have Jimmy Butler. Sixers are playing well right now. I still think they can win that game. Can I play devil's advocate? Absolutely, please. Okay, uh, just just for the first two. The Knicks are playing better lately than they have been. That so is that, true. That still might be a win, but it's not going to be quite as easy as a win as it was two weeks ago. Uh, 76ers, uh, who knows if they bring it, that's in Philadelphia, right? It is in Philadelphia. It's a part of the two game road trip. Yeah, I, mean, okay. I won't say that's a, a definite loss. I won't, I won't go that far. Fair enough. It's Continue. Hard. It is hard. On a back, it's hard on a back to back. Um, I think they can get the Knicks. They may lose to the Sixers with it being the second night of a back to back, but who knows? I mean, I would game, say I that feel... that will be dependent on how easy the victory is against New York. Yeah, I'll agree with you. If that's a bit of a snoozer or they, um, or they take it running away, then, okay, their odds definitely increase for the win on the back-to-back. But Then on Monday, the Wolves advance forward to play one of the worst teams in the league, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are getting crushed by the Sixers tonight. Our man TR is on report for that game. Then moving forward, next Wednesday, the Hawks, another must win. The Hawks and the Grizzlies, both at home, you got to win these games. You lose these games, send your hand in the playoffs away. you got to win these games. These are two of the worst teams in the league. Both don't want to win in terms of front office. <laughs> they want to do everything they can to lose. hope they keep it up as the Wolves look to win those two. Let's see. Then on Friday, they're in Dallas against the Mavericks, another team who is not very good this year, who the Wolves already, should beat. Yeah, already out of it. Got no real reason to – nothing to play now for here's there. it's going to be the interesting one. On Easter Sunday and April Fool's Day, ironically, the 
Wolves are visited by the Utah Jazz, who have been who were a thorn in the Wolves' side as they were playing without Jimmy Butler, and that was the game Carl Anthony Towns got ejected in, and Jeff Teague. There was some bad blood there in that game. Oh, yeah, that's I a call game that now. Very, yeah, and it's going to be very interesting. That's also the game that Kane Fitzgerald became a real cockmeat sandwich in, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but that that's going to be a game that I'm going to definitely have my eyes glued on as the Wolves play the Jazz, and that's going to have some playoff implications as both teams are in the 7-8 respective as of right now. Well, so one, that one's going to one have – go ahead. Yeah, one would think that the uh, in that division, or conference, I guess, because it's basketball, uh, yeah. the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Timberwolves, the Jazz, all within a game yeah. of one another. Okay, you'd think yeah, whoever, whoever you are there, you do not want to finish 7th and 8th. Seventh and eighth is definitely not the place to be because then you got to. Yeah, if you, I mean, well, if you, you know, can help here's it. The thing. Here's it doesn't the thing. get a lot better higher it up, but it's better. Much better. It doesn't get much better. Portland it and get a lot Oklahoma. Better, but... <laughs> so you're, all yeah, right, but let, still, let, let I mean. Me read, let me read the West standings off to you. Uh, Golden State, Houston have pretty much secured one and two, like going away. That's pretty much going to happen. Yeah, that's already Portland, that's done. Yeah. Portland is at the three seed. They are 13 games back. Oklahoma City. And they were on a, what, I believe an 11 or 12 game winning streak or something like that. But They, they were on a huge night, win but... streak. Yeah, they lost to the um, the Rockets. The Portland Trail Blazers are 13 games back. The Thunder are 15 games back of the Rockets. So they are two games behind Portland. Then, excuse me, I'm getting a drink. Then a game back of the Thunder are the Pelicans. And tied with them at sixth is the Spurs, both a game back of the Thunder. Then a half game back of the Spurs and Pelicans well, are the Wolves. Yeah. The and other half beauty game there, too, is all of those teams, the five, six, seven, eight spots, have all got games on the three and four. That they do. That they do. But I believe. Then the Jazz are 17 back, a half game back of the Wolves. Now, one good thing that is helping the Wolves um, and the Jazz and the Spurs and the Pelicans, Denver and the Clippers have both cooled off. Now, granted, they're still within striking distance. The Nuggets are 19 games back, two games behind Utah, and the Clippers are two and a half back of Utah. There's what, 11 games left? 10 to 11, depending on the team. The Wolves have 10, and one of those 10 is against the Nuggets on April 5th um, in Denver. That's a a game. That's a must win. It's a must win. And then they have the Lakers the next night on a back-to-back, another game I feel they should win. And then they have the Grizzlies. They have the Grizzlies on Monday, April 9th, and then the very last game of the season, Tim, Minnesota finishes at home against Denver. They have Denver twice in the next ten games, and those are games they have to win. Oh, if anything, um, they should be able to decide their own fate, even in the worst-case scenario, if they beat Denver twice. That should keep Denver yeah. out of the top eight. Well, here here's something but, that there's three ga- they have three games left against Western Conference playoff potential teams. They have one game left against an Eastern Conference playoff team, and that's against the Sixers. The Wolves, 
moving forward, uh, Dave Ben said ideally eight and two. He thinks if they can get eight and two on this next ten game stretch, that they can possibly do well. And if things go their way, they could also even slide up to that fourth or fifth seed, uh, depending if they get some help. Um, he said, of course, we'd love well, to go ten and zero, and they have they have the ability to go 10 and 0. They have that ability. But the problem is a couple games are back-to-backs. Um the traveling is rough. You don't have Jimmy Butler. So it's going to be a matter of will to get well, to the finish line. Uh, they I mean in a perfect world I suppose you would like to get that four spot. And it's not out of reach. The four the four would be nice. Um you know at this point I would actually love to get the six if I had to have a spot. I would love the six seed, mainly because I think with Jimmy Butler, the Wolves can beat the Trailblazers. I think the Wolves are better than the Trailblazers man for man. Now, granted, the Blazers are playing phenomenal basketball, and they did beat the Wolves last time, but Jimmy Butler – let me. Uh, I'm going to look up here on this. Uh, well, I'm looking, I looked at, at this. I'm looking at the at uh, Oakland's uh, Oakland's Oklahoma's. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I said Oakland. I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at their schedule, okay, and they do not have a. There. They do not have an easy one. They've got Miami, no, Portland Oklahoma City does not. No, Miami, Portland, San Antonio, okay, Denver, New Orleans, Golden State, Houston, Miami, Memphis. I mean, they got what two games in there that are gimmies and the rest of those are not so they could easily i mean a game and a half is not no a game and a half is not not inconceivable there at all Um, i will say catching them but you may be (laughs) the associated press has released a statement saying jimmy butler could be back on the court for the wolves before the end of the regular season well if they're smart they won't bring him back unless they have to Maybe for yeah, one that's, game that's or two for a tune-up, but if they don't have to, they maybe shouldn't go down that road. But we know how that works. Uh, Jimmy Butler saying um, he can't give an exact date, but he wants to come back and help. Um, he says, "I have a little bit of time left, but you, I know my guys are going to stick this thing out and do what they've been doing, keep us in the race, and when I come back." We'll see what we have left in the tank. So Jimmy Butler is trying to get back for – I would love to see him get back and play in the last couple games of the season just to knock off a little rust if the Wolves do indeed get into the playoffs. So um, that will be interesting to see if he can do that coming back because that's going to be a tough road. All signs would indicate that your your team should – there's no reason, unless they go into the tank, that they shouldn't at least make the playoffs for sure. And then listen, I know where they fall after that. Listen, I know all about. I know all about how it is um, being a Wolves fan, and I know all about disappointment, sir. If anybody so, in this world has ever been disappointed by a basketball the, team, it's me. I mean, I'm looking at the Pelicans' schedule, and theirs is not easy either. Pacers, Lakers, Rockets, Portland, Cleveland, Oklahoma, 
Phoenix, Golden State, Clippers, Spurs. I mean, they they don't have a a whole lot of gimmies there either. I mean, if – let's put it this way. If Minnesota plays even 500, the other teams above them are going to have to play considerably better than that or they're going to slip. and They might get it anyway without even not playing that well because they just got an easier schedule down the – down the back road there. Yeah, yeah, they basically do, but it's it's just one of those that's things. Why they play that, the, that's why they play the game. It's why but. they play. It is why they play. Um, here's, and I'm going to take a quick step over to the east. The Toronto Raptors are Go four Raptors. and a half up. Yeah, they're up. Yes, <laughs> your Raptors, my Although friend. Although they lost tonight to, to Cleveland, uh, Yes, they did, but Toronto Raptors. Except for Quebec. Yes. (laughs) Except for Quebec. (laughs) The Raptors and the Celtics have clinched the playoff spot, but um, the Raptors still having a a four-and-a-half game lead on the Celtics. Cleveland did win tonight. They are in the three-spot. And the Pacers are at the four. The Wizards are the five. And they are tied with the Sixers, who I believe did get their – they did. They got their 40th win tonight. The Sixers are tied for the fifth seed. And Miami is 14 uh, games back, Milwaukee 15 back. That's going to be your order for the playoffs because Detroit's the closest team. Yeah, Detroit's the closest team. They're 20 and a half back. They're five five and a half back of Milwaukee for the eighth seed. So – the East is still pretty much set um, as we have, speak uh, right now. I'll have to watch the highlights for the Raptors game. You know, the score at the half there was 79-64 to 64 for, for, for Toronto. Mm. Apparently LeBron had 35 yeah. points and 17 assists. 35-7 and 17. Toronto had a, had a, just looking at the box score, had a horrific third quarter. Only scored 20 points in the third quarter. There's the diff- there was the difference in the game. You know, here Toronto's got the um Toronto's got the one right now and if they play five hundred basketball, they'll be the one seed throughout the playoffs and have home court. Um I still have a hard time picking against Boston depending on but it depends on what Boston shows up. The, the Raptors for me and like there again, you know, I'm not the hugest basketball guy, so somebody with some more insight might see this differently than I do. But they're another team mm-hmm. that they've never really gotten very far. Always a lot of promise, but never really get that far. And I, I, I never know with this team. Like I, I can't say I'd be surprised if they got wiped out in the first round, because they do have that kind of I don't know stigma about them. That like are they are they really as good as their record says they are? Well, here's the thing: the bottom half of the East is so just. Yeah, well, you know, and then, like, yeah, and then you have to throw that in there that the East is the weaker conference. So that here's the thing: the East, that, but. the East. I called it the East. Good God, I called it the East. The East. Yeah. <laughs> bless my heart. The East it is what it is. is uh, <laughs> the East may be inferior, but it's starting to even out. I don't know if anybody's noticed this. I know uh, there a few years ago, a, a sub 500 team did get into the playoffs. <laughs> But now the East is getting better, and teams in the East are becoming 
more competitive. Yeah, like you said, at least there's and, no uh, there's no below 500 teams in the playoffs this year. Well, not yet. So uh, <laughs> Milwaukee well, still, still has a little bit of yeah, a game Milwaukee's left. Hang, Milwaukee's hanging over. in there a little bit, I guess. But but I mean, Milwaukee it's amazing and Miami already. both have potential to go below 500. But there's 11, 11 games left in the in the season, and there's already um, you know five teams have been eliminated already in the East, and the two that are left are. Uh, probably they're what five and seven and a half yeah, games it, back. So it's, it's not <laughs> they're probably not going to make it. Not looking like so, they're going to get there. No. Um, but Cleveland potentially right now, if the playoffs started today, Cleveland would match up with Philly. And here's my thing: who in the hell is going to stop LeBron James? Nobody on the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. <laughs> like here. You know, I say this all the time, and I hate saying things like this, but the NBA at times is – it's just so hard to, to to bet against pure talent like guys like that. Are you going to be able to beat – are the Eagles going to be able to, to beat the Eagles? The Sixers, are they going to be able to beat a team like – the Cavs four games. I just don't think they can, man. Well, they, and and without getting into the bells and whistles of it all, the game has sort of been it has kind of evolved uh, to favor those kind of players, situations, whatever you want to call it, where one guy can almost of his own will win a game or lose it for that matter. In his case, but you know if he shows up. He's quite capable of putting 50 up. Yeah. Hey, Tim, I don't mean to interrupt. we got a call. Oh, excellent. Hello, hey. you're on the air with Wide Men Can't Jump. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Oh, my oh, God, he's here. alive. He lives. Ladies and gentlemen, off assignment this evening, Tom, Tom Robinson joins us. He was on assignment. Now he's off assignment, apparently. What's up, T.R.? What's up, boys? Uh, thank you, Tim, first and foremost, for stepping in my chair uh, tonight. <clears throat> a little under the weather. I f- it feels like we switched places literally and figuratively as there's a uh, second nor'easter here in Philadelphia, and I'm uh, nursing a cold. But that said, I uh, I had a look at the Sixers tonight and things of that nature. So so thanks for uh, you know filling in. Anytime, sir. Anytime. What did you find uh, out tonight for us? Well. I had a few topics I jot, jotted down. I was trying to listen um, to the whole show, and it, you know, my phone. You guys know my my technological problems, but I heard most of your guys' show. Uh, great guest too, Nate. Um, Thank you. With the guy from the University of uh, the guy Neil Skaggs from the University of West Virginia. His name slipped my mind for a moment. I'm a little nightquilled up again. Uh, <laughs> but <Or> Marshall. <clears throat> Yeah, because he just what? threw up that you said he was from West Virginia. Did I say West Virginia? <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's Jesus a school Christ. in West well, Virginia. We'll for, we'll let we'll let you slide. He'll forgive you. Well, I did preface it by saying I'm like pulled up and under the weather, but um, no call for you. Yeah, was he? Was he? I mean, he seems like he's a, 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 a what was the word a compadre of yours, a peer of yours. Is he in your age range, Nate? Yeah, he's a year younger than me. He, uh, we went to high school together, and he's a friend of mine. We used to play pickup oh, ball okay. all the time. 
Okay, I was wondering if he had been around during the uh, Randy Moss era, but he was probably still coming up in the ranks at that point. <laughs> yeah, we were both in school during that. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple, a couple things of note. Um, Colin Coward, your your headline when I when I clicked on the show banner mentioned the herd, which coincidentally is the name of his talk show on Fox, and uh, yeah. he's. He's a love or hate guy. A lot of guys are swear by him. A lot of guys hate him. You know, you pick and choose. I'm sure there's people with us that way too. But um, he's been anti-Philadelphia, which if he's talking about the fan base, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm with him because of uh, how silly <laughs> and moronic they can be. But the teams themselves, uh, you know, I kill or die for them, as they say. And um, he – in October, was ragging on the process, which I will never disagree with, but he made some outrageous quotes that that team will never, you know, saying that Embiid will never play uh, enough. I forget what he said about Simmons, blah, 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 blah. And I would have probably concurred with him if I had heard it in October about Embiid's health. I'm very pleasantly surprised and happy to be wrong, but nonetheless – Either tomorrow or in the future, he has to wear a Sixers jersey because they <laughs> picked up their 40th win because he answered a tweet that Joel Embiid retweeted that he said, if that team wins 40 games, I'll wear a Sixers jersey. So, uh, mission accomplished, but the way they won that 40th game tonight was very uh, very disheartening to me. Um, the, the player that played the most minutes for us was Marco Bellinelli. A aging bench playing bench player signed after he was released by the cheap powers that be. Um, I'm happy they signed him, but I'm just giving an example of things this team does. Um, they rested their stars, which is a good thing because I believe they play Orlando tomorrow. However, the game was never in doubt even before the tip-off because Memphis is on the down low with exactly what Sam Hankey did, did rather in tanking, and they have their own problems. You know, as we've discussed before, um, the players don't tank; they go out there and play. He just plays the worst players he possibly can, but. When you look at Marcus Saul's performance tonight, when the Memphis Grizzlies actually beat the Sixers the last time they faced off, and he pushed around Embiid like he was a little kid. Tonight, uh, I didn't check the exact box score. I don't need you to take time to, but it's around five points from Marcus Saul, um, and that's inexcusable. Mike Conley has been hurt. Tyreek Evans, last I heard, was on the move, but then when they couldn't move him, he kind of got a Markel Fultz-like injury if you know what I'm saying. So he's not playing. They had lost 18 in a row. I think it's now 19 out of 21 or 20 out of 22 or something like that. They've just quit. And it's a disservice to the paying customer in Philadelphia or in Memphis or the next town they go to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a disservice to the league. And what are you doing? You're doing it to what? Get uh, Aiton, Bagley, Carter? What the fuck is that going to do? I mean, those guys are not immediate impact guys. And Trey Young? Jesus Christ. <clears throat> anyway, so that, that whole thing has disgusted me 
not only in my own town, but anywhere else. Uh, and it, like I said, the paying customer is the one who suffers. And ultimately, when you got, I believe, like five or six teams are doing it. The Suns, uh, I, I forget who I looked at earlier, Chicago tonight, who was warned when they uh, gave healthy scratches to two of their players by Silver to play those guys, are down by about 50 points tonight. To, yeah, they're it's getting not like smacked. They're down, it's not like they're down to Houston. They're down to just, like, somebody, you know. Denver. They're playing Denver tonight. Denver, a team fighting for a ninth, eighth, whatever seed. So yeah, it, I really it, could have really used me. Chicago tonight. I really could have used Chicago tonight. I really could have oh, used them. Okay. I was trying to figure out why you yeah. would say that. You mean for Minnesota's uh, benefit. Right. There and you and go. it's unfair to a team like Minnesota who's busting their ass without their best players. So, I mean, the big picture, this uh, tanking bullshit has just got to stop. I mean, I know the, the one and done and the, and the proposed leagues and the, you know, the players that may be able to come right out or may go to a league and get a, a salary, whatever the solution's going to be, the tagging has to stop, and that's my opinion on that. Uh, the Cavaliers, which uh, you guys were just talking about a few minutes ago, well, them boys look different than they did a week ago. Uh Yes, they Mr. do. Mr. Love, Mr. Love is back in full effect and hit the key three-pointer from a LeBron kick. LeBron is doing his triple-double last night or the night before or whatever, the last game. I'm out of it, guys, and those listening, I'm, I'm not feeling my best, but bear with my little mistakes to get my overall points. The Cavs You're are fine, back. man. Um, <clears throat> the Cavs, uh, LeBron is playing uh, – Seems like he saved a little juice for this time of the season, and uh, he stepped it up. George Hill seems to found seems to have found a prominent role, and now Kevin Love's hands healed. Kevin Love admitted problems with anxiety and depression that I can relate to, so uh, he's dealing with that out in the open. And I guess uh, best of luck to him with that. But as a former Minnesota player, you know that he can rip boards and take names when he wants to and whatever role they give him he'll he'll succeed at so he's a damn good player so uh all of a sudden no matter where they end up they're my favorite again in the east um they uh toronto played well tonight and and that's another thing they came back from something like a 16 point deficit and <clears throat> i don't think toronto could win four out of seven from them or boston if they play like they did tonight <laughs> That that's and, that's the key that uh that's the key that Tim and I were talking about. Who's gonna beat LeBron James when he's determined, like he is, to go to the finals and get there and meet up with whomever it may be. When he's that determined, who's gonna beat him four out of seven? I don't know many teams that can. Yeah, I mean uh it'll be it'll be interesting as it unfolds when uh we get to the fine, uh, to the playoff season and, and see exactly who's matched up with who. I I kind of got cut off listening, not on the not on the phone line, just on my own line. You were listing Minnesota's remaining ten opponents. From what I heard, I think uh, I think if you need say five of those ten to be in, you'll you'll get it no problem. Um, I almost want to say the Sixers with their Knicks, Nets, 
uh, into tonight's Hornets and then tonight against the Grizzlies. They're playing uh, bad, truthfully, besides tonight against inferior teams. They're not going to know what hits them. It's a shame for Minnesota that Minnesota's not on the front end of the back-to-back when they come here because – this it would be mutually beneficial for both our squads if yeah. that were the case because the Sixers need somebody to come and punch them in the fucking mouth. They're they're playing <laughs> these shit teams who aren't even playing, and and the fan base that's not as into it as say you or I, or maybe even Tim at this point since he's been <clears throat> part of this organization that we call Wide Men Can't Jump Slash Score. Um, the intricacies of the game, they need somebody to come in here and, and, and play them and get them ready for the playoffs. Uh, it's not going to be Memphis with their best players in suits on the side. It's going to be guys coming after their ass. And I almost, well, uh, you know, I want the Sixers to get as many wins as they can, but I almost uh, want to concede that game to you because I don't think they're going to be ready for it. I really don't. Well, here's the thing, Tr. Uh, let's let's actually let's take some some time here. Let me see here. Are you feeling up enough to do a little uh, run through here with me? Yeah, I got about ten minutes in me. I, I had some hot tea. All right. So, Tom, all are right, you suggesting right. that the 76ers could maybe use a really good ass kicking? Period. I, I, I like, do. They need somebody I to come in and just wipe the floor with them so they wake up. Yeah, and and and. To the layman, that sounds insane, but to the to the fan who watches these guys, well, no, I'm, just, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their record and or looking at their results, and even their losses because they've been playing like win loss wise they've been playing pretty well. Oh, they're I mean, ten they games to, over five hundred for the first time. I mean, they forever. lost to Indiana by eight points back in February. Uh, then they lost mm. February twenty fifth to Washington by fifteen. And after that, they got a one-point loss to Miami and an eight-point loss to Milwaukee, and then with a pile of wins wedged in there, and then a three-point loss to Indiana, and that's it. So you probably you might be right. Maybe they need somebody to come in and, and beat them by like you know twenty or thirty, and go, hey boys, you're not quite as maybe as safe as you think you are. Yeah, I, I, well, this, the last thing the last thing a young team needs is complacency and believe in their own press clippings. And well, there's a couple. There's. A, I'm looking at the schedule here. Um, the next game, as you said, TR, is tomorrow against the Magic. The Magic are struggling in the second half. Writing's on the wall for Nikola Vucevic. They're trying to rebuild. Don't know how they're going to do it in this draft, but who knows? The Magic just can't seem to find answers with Frank Vogel at the helm, but give him some time. I think they'll be okay. Um, they have that game, and then Saturday, the rematch that the wide men world has been waiting for, the Wolves <laughs> and the Sixers meet again. Yeah, that one. You want to put I'm, any? I'm trying. I'm trying to make no uh, side bet. No side bet. I'm trying to make a, a, a physical recovery and a financial recovery, so I I have to be at that game, um, <laughs> just for just for. Uh, you know, the photo gallery of uh, trying to get down to Jim and uh, Dave, Jim and Dave, and and not getting kicked out of the building and having have having to grab Keith or somebody to say oh, he's cool 
and all that kind of thing. It's almost <laughs> reminding me of my wrestling stories, but get a hold of Ian. Get maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll take you. <laughs> yeah, Ian will be there too. For God's sakes, a lot of people, a lot yeah. of people have been on with us. But uh, <clears throat> I I I am growing my beard. I'm not as uh, confident in this game as you are, as you were rather with a full strength. And truth be told. Uh, Minnesota just gave that game up the first meeting. They were winning that whole goddamn I game. Practically. I was, I watched it. I watched it. I remember. I, I was set <laughs> set to shave something, and then I was like, "Damn, cool." But uh, I don't know. We uh, Tim, what did you what did you come up with? Anything good? Well, we hadn't really. We we sort of thought maybe we would keep it a little simpler this time, and uh, maybe uh, I don't know somebody like uh, Frank gets to write you a nice little uh, paragraph where you declare your love for the the team that you really don't love. <laughs> for those Timberwolves. You know, you, yeah, you, if, if, the, if the Timberwolves win, uh, you get to read out Frank's declaration of your love for the Timberwolves and vice versa. Hey, man, I'm up for anything like that. I really, or something, I really truthfully. Or something along those lines where, you know, first I, I did say earlier, if you were listening, that we would force you to drink a glass of milk, but we didn't think you'd go for that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, I'm not lactose intolerant or nothing. And um, then we couldn't find a we couldn't find an equivalent for Nate. I I suggested salad, but that didn't go over really all that well either. So I don't know. Would be the end for me. I don't eat fruit. <laughs> yeah, you're taking things too far, Tim. We can't actually eat right. What the hell's wrong? What do you want? Yeah, it'd be foolish of me to suggest, you know, something that was good for you. But you damn Canadians and your health care. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure something out. But uh, the next gotta, game after that, days, you have to come up with something. We got a hustle because yeah. it's on, Saturday, right? Yeah, the game Saturday. is Saturday. No, it's this, oh, this Saturday. Saturday. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if anybody's got any ideas, maybe they can let us know. Hit us with a tweet or. Hit us on the Facebook page, and if not, uh, Frank might just take it upon himself to. <laughs> Frank. Take something else. But Monday, the Nuggets come to town. Now, that's going to be a game where your boys, TR, are going to have a team that's playing, trying to get that playoff spot. Nuggets are coming there Monday? Yes, they will be there Monday. That That is a game I'd be very interested to sit in front of the TV and watch. Yeah, that'll um, be a that will that, that will tell me a ton about my my Sixers team. I will be sitting and watching them on Saturday. Uh, well, actually, I won't get to watch the game itself, but Saturday I will be rooting for the Wolves to smack the Sixers. <coughs> Excuse me. And then on Monday I will become a Philadelphia Seventy Sixer fan as I need them to beat the Nuggets. Well, I'll tell you what, the one thing that shouldn't go by the wayside, uh, you know, credit where credit is due, <clears throat> Ben Simmons, who was a big-time favorite of mine coming in, but then I kind of lost a little bit of faith in him when he uh, insists on kicking to a three-point shooter that we don't have. Uh, now we have a few more that can throw it up, and it's it's working out well for him in his triple-doubles and so forth. But if the guy kept driving, he could score 20 to 25 a game. Um, yeah. To his credit, his last triple-double, the game before tonight, he had zero turnovers, which is the first time 
it's some kind of stat where he's one of only four people to have 15 assists and zero turnovers in the history of the game or something like that. But for him particularly to have the ball in his hands every possession practically and have zero turnovers when turnovers are the key to our losses in a lot of cases is a uh, golden star for Mr. Ben Simmons from Tom. Well, look at you. I will give him credit for a golden star. And also uh, Embiid hitting the boards. Wow. Hitting the boards for 19 rebounds is is what I expect of that guy. Not, you know, three-pointers and putting his hands up and acting goofy. This is fucking playoff time, big boy. Get them 19 rebounds. Be a sixer. Be a winner. You know, be Moses Malone. Don't be a fucking jabroni. Anyway. Uh, Just a positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that. <laughs> hey, if they if it if it works, why not? All right, the game the game after that, the next uh, two games, the Sixers should win no problem. Wednesday of next week, they face the Knicks at home. Then Friday, they're on the road against the Atlanta Hawks. Those should should be two gimmies for the Sixers. Then they take on the Hornets, who really don't have an identity. Um, I think that's another win for them. They're three and zero against them so far in like the last two weeks. They scrunched four games in in this latter part yeah. of the season. And they should beat Brooklyn um, on the third. Then the back to back, they're playing after that game in Philly. They travel to Detroit and take on the Pistons. Now that's going to be tough on a back to back. Taking on the Pistons, who aren't aren't out of it, but they're really struggling to try to stay in the playoff chase. But on a back-to-back, that one might be tough for the Sixers. And that's about the final game. Uh, uh, that's like the next final game against the Bucks, I guess? Uh, no, actually. Then on the sixth, uh, coming to Philly is the streaking red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers coming into Philly. <coughs> to take on the Sixers. So there's another team that's going to play hard. You want to see so what they're that, made of? That, that could be, time could be – they could be cold by that play- time too. Who knows? Well, it could be a potential playoff series. Like that could be a preview of the playoffs. That is true. I I have a feeling that that whole 3-6 thing is going to dissipate pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I think it's going to end up um, Toronto staying at number one. And uh, – the other teams in the way will just kind of move out, quite frankly, because of what Keith said last week, the Sixers' easy schedule. Um, I, I, from what you rattled off, four games you know, jumped out at me as like possible losses. Other than that, if they keep their head in the game, they should beat every other team that they're playing. Um, and the other team's got to play each other and so forth, so... I think it's going to work out where Cleveland's either three and Sixers are four or something like that. I don't think they're going to end up seeing each other in the first round. Uh, playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, they're making <laughs> – I mean, they didn't They didn't mathematically clinch, but to answer Jim Mars' uh, quizzical quote, yeah, they're going to make it this year. Then on April 8th, the Dallas Mavericks come to Philadelphia. That should be a gimme for you the Josh 76ers. Yet or what? No, not yet. He's upstairs right now. If he were down here, he'd be throwing a bitch fit. Uh, then the Atlanta <laughs> Hawks. 
What? He was banished. He was banished to the upstairs along with a certain other someone who will remain unmentioned. So loud on the phone. So loud. They got banned from the building. <laughs> uh, we had to. <laughs> Nate had to get all stern with his mother. <laughs> wow. I do. I do the show from in here in my uh, my kitchen because it's right next to the uh, the Wi-Fi. My mother was in the other room talking to her sister on the phone. And she was on the phone with her, and my mother is like me. She's very loud, and my house has a nice incredible. little acoustic echo. And Tim called in and was talking to me, and I had my earphones on. My earphones are noise-canceling, and I couldn't hear Tim for what my mom was saying to her sister on the phone. Wow. <laughs> any, any, any NBA teams that are looking for, like, Someone to come in and give like a motivational speech or anything along those lines, or just to dress down the team incredibly. Mother Bush, <laughs> you, let me tell you. You think you think Frank from Flintflon make you feel bad? You come talk to my oh, mom. Oh no. <laughs> now was this captured on air? No, we weren't on air. This no, is, uh, unfortunately. We, uh, unfortunately. I mean. I'm what a couple thousand miles away, and I was backing up in my own living room. <laughs> but then, it was just like, was this woman yelling at me? What did I do? I don't know, but it was bad, and I I feel worse for doing it. I'm sorry, it was, I did was, that, Pam. I didn't mean to. <laughs> you could definitely tell she that there was a school teacher, an old an old school school teacher, who <clears> didn't have mother. any problem dressing. That is, Dressing down uh, whoever she was dressing down because it was something else. My mom, I, and this is a shoot. I have a, my, go ahead. Go ahead. No, my no, mom no, is about. No. My mom's about five foot um, four, if that. She's a small woman, um, not big, and you know, not a big woman. Very small, very loud, and just absolutely a pit bull. A pit bull, um, and she—if she comes at you, I've seen oh, her get up in the face of these punk kids at school, and she will absolutely demand respect. And I love by that. God, she, she she gets I'll it. Tell you, get by it. God, she gets it. Yeah. Listen, I'm six foot, guys. I'm six foot five. I'm over three hundred pounds, and when she gets mad at me. I'm sitting. I am sitting in my seat, and I am looking at the ground, and I am apologizing. <laughs> okay, but she's your mother. That's a little bit different. I'm a 50 year old man Don't living care. in another country she's without scary. fear of reprisal from this woman. <laughs> There's nothing she can do to me, and yet <laughs> somehow <laughs> I felt chastised, and she wasn't even speaking to she, me. Honestly, she would make Kim Jong Un act right. I'm not even kidding. She would straighten out this entire problem. I think I think we might have just come up with another character, you know, Drill Sergeant Bush or something along those lines. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Vicious Mama Bush. Listen, she's Mama one of the most – she's, she's uh, a strict, The opposite of a – she's old lady but politically correct. Oh, uh, she's very politically uh, correct. She is, uh, I'll bring up she's a, very on – I'll bring up a off-air conversation on-air real quick. Who cares? We'll peel back the curtain. Uh, can we, uh, at some point, <clears throat> is it is it technologically possible to uh, explore the sound bites together 
and and get get a maybe fifteen uh, characters eligible for the stupid seven. I'm sure there is. We'd have to so speak maybe to we'll our do sound that, engineer uh, Nate Bush in the next couple like days. Right we'll now, do that one. We'll do that right no, now. No, when or? we all have free time. No, when we all have free time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure we can come up with something. But um, yeah, my mama, she's uh, she's mean as they come. But uh, man, can she make a can she make gravy? My God, it's so good. <laughs> well, you're in a situation then where she tore up uh, and put into place those uh, aforementioned teenage students or punk kids or whatever. Yeah. Punk. Um, she's got the uh, the son who can just wear a pair of sunglasses like Big Bubba Rogers and show up all big. And it kind of reminded me Basically. when I used to bounce with this, I used to bounce with this uh, professional MMA guy who weighed about 140. And he could he could wipe the floor with probably us three at the same time. But the people that yeah. came in saw me all tatted and jacked up and whatnot and would always start shit on his side of the room and I would just have the easiest night ever just standing there and like cleaning up his messes. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun time. Definitely, but, but I have a hot take on. Um, well, I, I'll leave it. Uh, two things. Go ahead. No, <clears throat> gonna, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch off the NBA to the returning Daniel Bryan and the thoughts from each of you guys. All right. Alphabetical order. Nate first. Did Nate die when Tim when I made Nate that Bush? announcement? Okay, Tim. Since Nate left, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I don't Mom know. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on the whole deal. I'm I'm happy for him that he got what he wanted because he's Lord knows he's been angling for it for well since the day they told him he couldn't basically. Um. I just waiting to watch the WWE totally screw the angle. I'll tell you what they're doing. They are basically. I think he's been cleared for a lot longer than what people think. That's possible. I think he's been cleared. I think he's been cleared since summer. Um, they've been letting him dust off the ring rust, uh, letting him work with the guys at the performance center, and what they're doing is they're letting him come. Like, why would you waste Daniel Bryan just on, like, Friday Night SmackDown? This guy's gotten one of the biggest pops ever since, like, Stone Cold. Um, save him. Use him for Mania. That pop's going to be ridiculous. That's what I would have done, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have publicized it much either. I would have said Shane was going to have a – I would have said Shane was going to have a mystery partner. That's what I mean. Personally. I would have used him in that. Who is that guy going to be? Well, nobody would ever suspect, like if they never mentioned anything, that it would be him, right? Can you imagine the pop yeah. for that? Yeah, they shouldn't have even teased think. him going. They shouldn't have teased him going heel. They should have just let everything play out and had us all thinking it would be somebody like, I don't know, like maybe Shane teases Goldberg or teases, you know, a big name from the past, and then at Mania, his partner's Daniel Bryan. That stadium would they- crumble. They have no creativity in the writing department, or they're not allowed to have any, whatever the case may be. But that—that's just way too much thinking for the for those guys at this I don't point. Know, it just seems like it's WrestleMania. The name sells it. Have a surprise! Like the the Hardy surprise last year was great. Nobody saw and that. And people coming. knew that was 
people sort of knew that was coming, and it was still quite a pop. Yeah, it was a hell of a pop. Um, I I didn't know it was coming since they since they worked a ladder match the night before with the Bucks. And, yeah, I didn't uh, know it either. <clears throat> and they kept them in a bus, and even though they alluded, it was like when you say people kind of knew that's a that's accurate description because it was one of those things like that would be cool because they're in town and. But I, you know, I don't think others. I don't think anybody definitively knew, and I actually popped a little bit for that um, when they came out. Yeah, but, I meant that uh, in a, it was the internet dream that it was going to be them. So when it was them, people weren't like, "Oh my God, it's them." It was kind of like, "Okay, that's sort of what we that was what we'd hoped it would be." Let's put it that way. I, I have a dark horse uh, prediction of sorts. It's not really a prediction because I don't want to be on record as saying it's going to happen, but. Uh, Something tells me that uh, Mr. Hogan will put his face out there in uh, on WrestleMania for some reason. I don't know how, why, when, where. Well, they've 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 tested the water with him a little tiny bit. Like they put his picture back up on a few things and that sort of thing to gauge whether there'd be any negative. And there really yeah. hasn't. I think people have forgotten about that already, and worse, worse stuff has happened since. So, I know that Mark Henry's like, in the in the Hall of Fame, and he was actually the most offended and most hurt by this this the statements. And the last statement I heard from him months ago was that if Hulk Hogan apologized to him, he'd be fine with his return. So. Uh, maybe not so coincidentally, Mark, although deservedly so, is in the uh, Hall of Fame. And I say deservedly so due to his tenure and the fact that he ate either Randy Orton or X-Pac shit on a Subway meatball sandwich and licked his fingers and things of that nature uh, going through all the ribs in the back to uh, get to stay with the WWF, WWE. So... For you me, know. he's the guy that could have legit went out there and, uh, you know, he only lost because he wanted to. You know, there's not too many guys. I mean, what are you going to do with him if he doesn't want to cooperate, so yeah. to speak, in the ring? So, I mean, i got to give him a lot of points for putting up with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of losing to a lot of guys that he never, ever <laughs> should have lost to. If Let me tell you how good, let me tell you how good Mark Henry is. And this is just from my own perspective. Mark Henry had me, and, I mean, he had me and everybody else convinced he was ready to retire in the middle of the ring. Yeah, and they turned it into a promo, yeah. Oh, my God. It was – I almost cried. It was yeah. amazing. And he, he yeah, slammed Cena, and then they had the match in Philly at Money in the Bank, and – Oh my God! What an angle that was! Like Mark Henry alone deserved an Oscar for that. That was amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I, that, well, that that didn't even enter did my mind because have you, have you yeah, watched no, it? I saw it. Yeah, I've seen it. Man, oh, okay. you weren't convinced Oscar, but <clears throat> well, hell, he no, he not with... anybody these days. He never really got, for, or at least for me, he never really got the big man push that a lot of other guys got. I love the Hall of Fame. You know, he was always the, Absolutely. you know, he was always the world's strongest man. But he he was never, you know, the world's strongest man who's going to fight for the title and win it. He never ever got that, and he should have. 
Well, he, he fought for yeah, it and won it. When did he win the title? He beat um, Randy I wouldn't Orton. I would doubt Nate. He remembers all these fucking things. I I forget yeah. title changes. Yeah, I don't I he don't ever Orton. remember him winning the title. Yeah, he beat Orton. Oh, that might have been that might have been in my wrestling the, absence, perhaps. He had it. He had it for a while. He had a good run with it during the Hall of Pain, and um, he held the title for a good while. Actually, shocked me when he beat Orton. Him and Sheamus had a really solid um, Hell in a Cell match. Okay, yeah, he had a run in World You're talking about though. He should have won the title. Well, I mean, he didn't day. win it in the '90s. You know, he was he European have. champion for a while. He was ECW champion on the WWE CW brand I mean, thing. If, I mean, not not knocking a guy like say uh, Vader. I mean, what's Mark Henry is a a better worker than him? Is just as big. Blah, Vader blah, blah, should have been world champion. Yeah, well, he was in WCW and all that, but uh, but he yeah, well that's what I'm saying. But I mean, he never ever got the. Mind you, Vader never really got any love from the WWE either, but that's another story, I guess. But don't don't get me started on that because because Sean me and Conrad like Thompson agree that Vader should have been world champion, and that's just a travesty that he never when was. When he came, when he first came from Japan and was in, I, I guess it would have been, uh, I guess it was WCW by that point. He scared the living hell out of me because he really was a scary looking. And his work, although it turns out was pretty stiff, it looked real. Yeah, well, it, it, that's yeah, because, it, like you, like you said, it was real um, on a lot of parts, and <clears throat> that's kind of the negative I have about him. In that he, uh, if I'm rehashing a story you already know, the listeners might not know. He was an L.A. Ram and a big 500-pound, by his words, bench or military presser, ally. Ken Patera, one of those type of freaky strength over his head lift yeah. and a big bastard and put his cowboy boots on and walked right into a dressing room that featured Bruiser Brody and Bruiser Brody said, who the fuck are you? And grabbed him by the throat and uh, what are you doing in my fucking dressing room? It was an AWA show where he thought because of his celebrity status and his size, he could just walk right into the business. Turned out they did let him walk right into the business. They they directed him to the right place, and nothing really happened, but he always remembered Brody and respected that when he learned a little bit about wrestling. <clears throat> yeah. And then he went on the uh, global tour and he- held titles on different continents and so forth, but it was no picnic working with uh, the baby bull, Leon White, even after years and years of experience because he was not light as a feather, as they say. Um I do think maybe he should have snuck in if his uh, heart problems are legitimate and and we may not have him around that much longer. Maybe they should have put him in this year. Um, But it's not a legit Hall of Fame, so I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. Let me get to Daniel Bryan. Um, (laughs) By the way, um, before you you get to Bryan, can I make a point really, really fast? Sure, sure, sure. sure. Really, really fast? Um, Mark Henry won the world title from Randy Orton at Night of Champions in 2011. And he held the title until December 18th at TLC, where he dropped it to Big Show, who immediately dropped it to Daniel Bryan. And I believe that's as long as he held it. 
He held it two months, but it was a it was a solid it was a solid rain. I thought he's a solid uh, uh, middle middle top guy. Um, he's he's, and he's, stuck, su- he's such a nice guy. So I, I'll give Mark so, so long, so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, <coughs> Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry to interrupt. Daniel Bryan, uh, his return is, uh, was expected by me. I uh, I don't know what to think, Nate. I I lean towards your uh, opinion that he had been cleared and they were just very good at kayfabing the smart fans, the Meltzers, the et cetera, and even getting the Dr. Maroons in on the kayfabe because you can't have a surprise anymore because the wrestling business is so exposed that they, they yep. don't even tell the boys. They hide the people in the fucking buses so the boys don't get on the fucking Twitter or Instagram and say that so-and-so's here. You know, when you, you got a kayfabe room... Yeah, well, that's you the thing. To. That's the way the business is these days. So it's 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 cool when they blur the lines, so to speak. But I saw Daniel's pre, uh, pre-promo pre thought video where he's writing his own promo out. I guess he has creative liberty to do that. And <clears throat> he was crying and, and, and stuff like that. And he looked, and he might be good at kayfabe too, but he was, you know, pretty emotional at the time. And he looked directly in the camera and said, and Meltzer wrote this too. He said, "I didn't know officially until this morning, and I was cleared literally last night." And Meltzer wrote that he was cleared Monday night, and it, it well, he saw the doctor Monday night, and it wasn't official till Tuesday. But that yeah, comes the same week. For, that comes the same week television. as when as when JBL said Meltzer was so easy to manipulate because we tell him what we'd want the fans to know, and then blah 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 blah. So. It depends. I mean, I don't know what's true or what ain't, but the good thing is he's back. The ba- and the also good thing is I, I, I don't like that power bomb onto the apron thing um, <clears throat> for a guy coming off an injury, but, you know, it's not his head. At least he's taking it with the top of his shoulders, et cetera. And yeah. if you notice the, the, the kicks, I'll have to go back and, you know, to make this an exact quote, but the, the flying kicks, he used to kind of land on – on his head or didn't give a fuck. And he kind of found a way to flip his whole body over after landing them. I don't know if you noticed that when he was running into the corner, giving the flying kicks. So if he modifies his style a little bit, I think there's something brewing. I've, I predicted a Shane heel turn, which makes no logical sense after he and Owens and Zane have been beating the ever-living shit out of each other for half a year. But maybe that was just protection in case Daniel wasn't coming back. But Swerve, bro. I kinda, Swerve. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm thinking, but you know that's what ma- that's what makes it fun. At least it's what used to make it fun before we knew. And I hope that that's going to be continued Ooh. where we don't know. What about um, uh, just throwing it out there? I'm not sure what kind of a history they have. I'm not quite as up on things as uh, Nate will probably be able to tell us. Uh, what about a Jericho return thrown into that mix somehow? The guy I see. Brian eventually ending up having to deal with is going to be Miz. That's where they're heading. That's been oh, eventually, for years. But I'm looking at like a uh, if he gets in with uh, Owens and Sammy there, can we have a? I mean, Jericho's got a that fits fairly fairly well. I don't see Jericho coming back yet. Um, Fozzie's on tour. Maybe a little too. He's got his. Maybe a little too soon. He's got for his, him yet. 
he's got his cruise coming up within the next few months, his like Jericho rock and roll cruise. Yeah, Not seeing Jericho come back. That's staying away long enough that people kind of forget about him again. Yeah, um, it's it's really perplexing. Uh, we don't know. We really don't know where they're. I'm actually, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think you got to put, for my sake, and for me looking at this as as it is. You've got to put Owen and Z- Owens and Zane over. Like you need to, because if Brian and Shane win, then your two full-time competitors that just competed for your world title just lost to a guy that hasn't wrestled in over a year and a guy who only wrestles once, maybe twice a year, and damn near kills himself every time he does it. Yeah, and and, and Brian doesn't he doesn't need to shine either. He's older, regardless no. of what happens. Doesn't matter what happens. He's older. Exactly, Brian. Kind of where, you know, kind of where I was, kind of where I was going with the swerve with uh, all three of them ending up beating up Daniel Bryan at the end of the match. <clears throat> possibility it could happen. Face. Maybe that was them. Uh, maybe by them planning all this storyline wise, you could say you know we just wanted to lure Daniel back into the ring, and because Daniel and Shane had been at odds there for a while, and Shane made a deal with the devil, you know, and kind of turned Shane into that authority heel figure like his sister is and like his dad was because Shane's been a face ever since he came back. Um, And Brian's always that underdog, and he's so good at it. And maybe eventually leading to a Shane-Daniel match, maybe at SummerSlam or something of that nature. I could see that. Um, Not really for sure. Um, but who knows? You know, I really, I don't know. <laughs> I like the fact that none of us really know because that makes it that much more fun to watch how it unfolds. Isn't wrestling more or the flip fun side? It makes way. it pitch more if it unfolds weird. But well, here's here's my argument. I've always had this argument. I quit reading Meltzer's dirt sheets and I quit reading the you know the NoDQ.coms and all that all that shit. I quit reading that years ago. The only time I go on there is if I see, hey, is some, somebody's legitimately injured, I look for an update. Because wrestling's more fun when I don't know. Like, why would I watch a show where I, a new show, a brand new show that I don't know if I'm going to like or not, when I already know what happens and before the show I've already made up my mind? You know? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, why would you turn on, example, why would you turn on and watch a basketball game? Unless you're just going to dissect what the team did when you already know the final score. When you already know who wins and if and it's a blowout. Like tanking, for, for instance. But anyway, go ahead. But, yeah, I mean, why would you, why would you turn tanking on? Tanking is you know, the equivalent of an enhancement talent. But go ahead. <laughs> tanking is jobbers. <laughs> that, just, that right there, my friends, is going to be a T-shirt if there ever was one. Tanking is for jobbers. <laughs> right. I'll sell one. I'll sell one to George South. Uh, copyright that. Copyright that tonight before somebody gets on. Thinking is for jobs. Um, I like that. I really do. But before, yeah, I mean, why would you watch a TV show if you already know what's going on? Before I lose my voice, I, I don't even know if you guys are going to agree with me on this. So this is going to be one of the ones that I'm kind of vehemently angry about. That happened while you were on the air, or shortly before you got on the air, 
and it bothers me. Um, And as I said, this is my opinion and not the opinion of Nate or Tim. I think it's an absolute travesty that the controversial and hated by a lot of people, Vince Russo, lost his show on Podcast One today for the reason that TMZ cast-off slash sheet writer Ryan Satin complained that his girlfriend was getting death threats from Vince Russo's fan base. (coughs) Podcast One, uh, you know, in this podcast business, as a fellow podcaster and a guy who wants to move up in the ranks, I don't think I would take a position with Podcast One if they offered to pay me enough to make me comfortable right now because they're fucking spineless. Fans of wrestling are fucking morons for the most part. There's maybe uh, 10% that don't have something psychologically wrong with them. My words, nobody else's. And to listen, I don't doubt it's true if uh, Russo or Cornette or whoever you want to bring, their fan bases are fucking idiots. So if their fan base wrote something to Ryan Satin's girlfriend about you know, allegedly killing her, which I find strange, but I find all wrestling fans strange, including myself. For a network to take over a highly rated, highly enjoyed show, whether you like it or not, or whether uh, Cornette likes it or not, or whether Brian Last likes it or not, the show's popular, and the show generates revenue, and it also makes a living for his producer, for him, for... Uh, gives a piece to Disco Inferno, gives a piece to Stevie Richards, gives a piece to that Vito who I don't even listen to, but it's taking away food off his table because some fucking pussy who writes about wrestling is bothered that his girlfriend got nasty tweets. And these fucking people in charge wilted like flowers and got rid of Russo like within like half a day. And now all of a sudden they're going over every episode and seeing if he said that he has a show called Castrating the Marks where he'll take quotes from Meltzer and Keller and Ryan Satin and et cetera. And he calls Meltzer Mr. Magoo, making fun of Meltzer's big nose, which I don't even remember Dave having a big nose, to be honest with you. He, he, he does. Dave's a good friend of mine from back in the day. I take that as a goof like we do here. We're, we goof on people. Goof on, we goof on each other for that, for that matter. It's a goof, and I think Bix, you know, I don't want to get into a Bix because I love Bix, but I think he was defending the move, saying it was anti-Semitism to call Melter Mr. Magoo when he's made the same comment about Disco Inferno, who's Italian as the day is long. It's not anti-Semite. They lost – Podcast One lost a good show, and – Hopefully somebody will come along with money who has a backbone and stops fucking catering to these pussy fucking politically correct assholes. <clears throat> or, you know, it, it, it's going to suck because there'll be nothing good to listen to. Not that, not that, you know, I'm saying Russo's show was, you know, the top show there is. But uh, as I said, uh, the past show, some of the ones I listened to, some of them are okay. And now I can't listen to that. Because of Ryan Satin and Ryan Satin's sad, scared girlfriend. <clears throat> and I think it's bullshit. And I know both of them aren't scared. I know the wrestling fans are uh, 
mongoloids, waterhead, fucking, I don't want to use the R word because that offends some that I, you know, that are friends of mine. But I have no respect for these fucking wrestling fans, and I could care less what they say. You know, fuck the wrestling fans. If if Russo himself threatened them, I, I understand that. Then it's a little more of a story for me, okay? But his fan base wrote tweets and he gets fired? What if somebody writes tweets about us saying that I hate Markel Fultz? And they look deep into that and think, well, I'm close to the facility in Camden. I'm a large man and I once owned a gun. Maybe I could go over there and kill him. Let's get them off the air. I mean, when's it going to end? It's fucking bullshit. I don't want to, like, be on a pro-Russo tirade, but if it can happen to him, it can happen to your other favorite shows. It can happen to Jericho and Austin and fucking Cornette. Their fans are kooks, too. I saw some kook threatening Cornette's life. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet a couple weeks ago. Some gun nut was with you, his some, rant. He gets some well, I'll be honest with you. We've apparently... We've had a... Uh, since you brought it up, I didn't share this. I actually deleted the post. Or not the post, but I deleted the comment. Somebody came on our Facebook page and uh, really ran their mouth about Tom Robinson. Uh, so, yeah... It was pretty, uh, pretty mean. Yeah, I have to. I have to assume that I saw that fake too. profile, right? Uh, it seemed I like have it. to. I have to assume that that person is obviously somebody who, like, maybe whether that profile's fake or not, I don't know. But whoever wrote that obviously knows you. That's somebody yeah. who had a grudge. Was back in the yeah, and also by the way, stuff. by the way, if you're listening, you know what? I'm gonna throw the bitch under the bus. I don't really give a shit. Uh, by the way, Erica Perez, if you're listening to the show, hi, honey, how are you? Learn proper grammar. The number two is not T-O, and it's not T-O-O, okay? That's our first lesson. B.C. is before Christ, not because. Uh, let's see, what else can we help you with? B-T-W. Yes. BTW, that's something you probably do in the bedroom with your dildo. Uh, that's not, by the way. And W slash O is something I don't even know, not without. So uh, if you're out there listening to the show and you have something to say about my friend Tom Robinson and you want to say that the previous shows he's been on is better without him, okay, that's fine. You you are welcome to your opinion. We will not down the 605. Matter of fact, they've always been good to me. They've always been good to Tom, uh, in some respects. Uh, but we we are not in the bashing mode of them. But you felt the need to come on our post and bash us. So you, Miss Perez, can go suck a large dildo, ma'am, and hopefully it gets caught in your throat. So yeah, well, that's what I've got to say. All right, I'd like to add my nickel in there if I could. First off, in, in response to her post, uh, how are we trying to copy the 605 podcast? Well, we uh, kind the of are. 10, the, the, well, the well, I'm, definitely, the I'm definitely trying to, well, I'm definitely no, trying to really. copy it with the, the, the stupid seven. Yeah, the top the top ten is hardly a 605 incarnation. It's not like something David they Letterman came up with that. on their own. It's, it's even <laughs> older than that. People have been making lists yeah. for millennium. That's Every but whatever, night, every I don't understand. I'm not. I'm not going to interrupt you, Tim. Just, just pointing out your point. The top ten every night on Sports Center for the last twenty years. Yeah, I mean, okay, 
you may want to go slightly that the the idea of coming up with fake personas, but that's not his either. That's I mean that might be where we have heard the idea the most. But I mean I used to watch the top ten list on Letterman before Brian Last was even born. Pretty close anyway. Uh, yeah. Secondly, secondly, um, drunk Uber drivers never getting paid to talk on the phone anywhere else in the world. Well, I got news for you. This drunk Uber driver does get paid for talking on his phone. So that's not even true. So <laughs> I hate to break your bubble there, but, you know, what's your problem, lady? Uh, and the 605 is doing better than ever without you. Well, good for the 605. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think, happy, it's, a, I don't think it's a female, by the way, but go ahead. It's a fake yeah, problem. Happy for, happy for him if that's true. Um, yeah. No shame you know, I don't here. Know, uh, there's no if you're still trying to look for heat, there is none. None, none whatsoever. In fact, in, in fact, we plug that show here. We do. Check them out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're out. trying to make something out of nothing, good luck because it's not going to happen. Six hundred five dot com. Check them out. Yeah, we 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 don't have any problem pointing anybody in that direction. Uh, Wide men can't jump is about as different from the six hundred five as I don't even know. They're not even close. They're not even in the realm. We we don't ever yeah. talk about old basketball here, ever. Out of twenty episodes, I believe I believe uh, we've delivered. Uh, Perhaps at a least... bit when we had Ron Fuller on. Uh, yeah, know, it might it might be generated by a guest, perhaps. But we don't. Our our forte is not to talk about uh, that great game that happened back in 1962 that nobody saw on uh, Friday night at the Garden. You know that. We don't care about that stuff here. That's not what we, we don't do. care about. And we go live. We don't edit. <laughs> yeah, we also don't spend eighteen hours editing. Which I mean, if Brian wants to do that, is fine. Brian's show, I will show. admit, is a wonderful sounding show. No two ways it about it. Great. Crystal it clear. Does sound great. But I'm more focused. We are not the six hero. oh five. We don't care about the six oh five. We don't care about uh, Conrad and Bruce. We don't care about anybody. We are us. And we do what we do, and if you like it, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. We don't really care. So moving on. This was three guys that got together and decided to do a show about basketball and to throw in some hockey. We got on a network. We've decided to expand. We're making a little cash on the side to do it, sitting here talking about it. If you don't like that, I mean, that's cool. I pay my taxes every year. And all this income is claimed, so you're going to try and get me in trouble with the IRS. It's not going to happen. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, literally. I live in Canada. Fuck y'all. Exactly. There you go. So it doesn't See, even matter. I, I, you can say. I'm just going by what you guys said, but I, it's nothing new. There's like nine or ten uh, idiotic wrestling fans, which I pointed out in the Russo point. They're mentally ill. They are not successes in any way, shape, or form. They could not do what we do. They do not have their own show. If they got five minutes on air, they'd crumble like a fucking piece of paper that you throw out like a sticky note. And for whatever reason, I irk them. But if you go up to a, like a, a successful person, like if you went up to this fake Erica, what you say her name was? Perez. Which we could could be Angry Billy, or it could be uh, uh, Distraught Lance, or fucking Lonely uh, Arkansas Boy, or any of those idiots. 
It, it does, could be all three of them. That. It, it does have a bit of a Billy Ciccolini fucking vibe to it. It does. Yeah, it could be any, any of those morons. You put a microphone in front of them, that equals zero listeners. And they know that deep inside. But if you go in front of, like, a Terry Funk, and if you listen next week, we'll have a guest that's pretty big in uh, both basketball and professional wrestling. So, you know, keep trying. Keep writing. Well, He's just still stuck at the end of the day. Yeah, you want to give us some constructive criticism? We have no problem with that at all. That's another yeah, entirely definitely. different story. And, and here's, and here's, on, you know, here's another thing. And here's another thing. I know that, we, that we're obviously going to draw comparisons to 605 just because that's where Tom came from. Tim, that's where you were a big help to for a while. I was a listener. That's how we all met. And that's fine. Here's the thing. Brian's show is dedicated to the old school wrestling fan. And it's a good show for that. If that's what you're into, by all means. Um, it was a top 10 show. Everybody loved the top 10. We loved it so much that we're going to do some kind of thing with it. We have all kinds of characters. And it's not, and he didn't come up with the top 10. Well, I think people forget too, that he also did not, the top 10 wasn't like, that wasn't on that show from day one. No, it wasn't until like 35, 40 episodes in almost, I think before the, I mean, it really wasn't around all that long to be quite honest. That's to be at least, until after Bixon's well, around bit, yeah, I mean, twenty episodes at least before they had it, at least. And here, and here's another thing. And here's another thing. We also bring in guests on this show that we get compliments about our guests. We get people in basketball. We get people from wrestling. We get different guests from all over. Like tonight, I had the director of operations from Marshall University basketball come on, who's a friend of mine. Last week, we had Ian Riccoboni from Ring of Honor. We had Keith Pompey from the 76ers. We had former NBA players. We've had Jim Peterson from the Minnesota Timberwolves, who used to play with Ralph Sampson. We've had Dave Benz, commentators. We've had beat writers. We're not the 605. You can compare us to that all you want, but that's not what we're going for. And I'm sorry if you're listening to the show and you don't like to hear shoot fests or whatever. We're not really shooting. We're shooting, but it's not. we're not angry. We're just trying to point out we're not that show. We are wide men can't jump. It's what we do. We don't care what they do. We don't care what anyone else does. We're so focused on trying to make our shows the best they can be that we don't have time to sit around and worry about other people's shows. Now, will we poke a little fun sometimes at some things? Yes, but we're not focused on them, and we don't listen to them enough to find out what they think about us. So it's fun. No heat. No heat here. Wrap but guys, up. we got enough. We need to wrap it up. Sorry to end on that note, but uh, TR, anything else said. to add? It did. TR, anything else hey. you would like to add? Yeah, well, I mean, you? some nights, some nights I, I don't feel like uh, stroking it, and I know it's not a female that writes writes whatever. When did this occur? In the last couple of days? This was earlier today. Yeah, sure. Um, like, ten, yeah, that's ten minutes into the show. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, I deleted that's, it because I don't you know, have time for that. That's a dude I that I it. blocked. One of the many dudes Probably. that I blocked. Um, Probably. And uh, secretly, you know, I usually don't jump from women to men, but if you're so obsessed that you want to eat my cum and suck my dick that bad, just come out and tell me. 
Just come out and tell me, and, you know, I might be able to keep it between us. I'll meet you, like, somewhere quiet. And if you come out and tell me you want to suck my cock and swallow my load, and that's the reason that you've been trying to get my attention, I'll stick my dick down your throat, okay? That's all I have to say. Now that is, you know, where else do people do that for their listeners? Check out wildfreecam.com featuring the Tom Robinson <laughs> meetup special. This is Wide Men Can't Jump. Yeah, now Thanks for listening, Tom, everybody. Tom's angling for a, for a Kardashian moment. He really is. Tom is Ray At J. At TR Shock. At TR Shock. Follow me, loser. Everybody, thanks for listening tonight. We had a good, good night, time. Everyone. We hope you did, too. Tim, thanks for filling in. Tom, thanks for jumping on, being on assignment. I'm Nate Bush. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Wide Men Can Jump, and we hope you enjoyed your time with us. Mm-hmm.